Those Space People, a podcast series of casual cosmic conversations with people working on exciting space projects. Today we have Juliane Haupt with us. She is the head of business partnerships at Astrofine, a space company based in Berlin that develops satellite components and subsystems. Juliane has a background in psychology. Welcome to the show, Juliane. Hello, Rosanna. Thank you very much for the invitation. Juliane, you have a PhD in psychology. What brought you to space? So this is a very good question. So actually thinking 10 years back, I never expected that I would end up in space. But maybe to give an insight in the study of psychology, because everybody who thinks about psychology always thinks about the clinical part and to be a therapist. And the study in psychology is very diverse. So we have a lot of different uh, subjects within the study. So for instance, we also have um, business psychology, organizational psychology, we have social, social psychology, we have engineering psychology. And that was actually the part that I was specified in. So during During my study, I specified in the engineering psychology part, and this is, I think it's more known as human factors. So that I was specialized for human factors and there in driver assistance systems. So this was my uh, specialization in the, during the study and also during my PhD. And I was doing a lot of statistics and also MATLAB programming. And so I was linked already to an engineering part. And that I ended up in space was more or less like kind of a coincidence. So I was working in Vienna and there I did my PhD. And I was working as project manager and being specialized in systems for users in mobility so for drivers but also for cyclists or pedestrians and I was specialized in this part and I was working in a very small company and the heads of the company it was a couple and hopefully they are still a couple they decided to give up the company they wanted to retire and then the, the question was what is going to happen to the company and so I decided in this part when the discussion started that it's time to do something to go further maybe to go back into another country again because I was working in Austria and Vienna and first I decided to go to Berlin so this was my first decision and I started looking for jobs And my keywords that I was looking for was project manager and mobility. And then I found this one job description that I really fell in love with. And it was, it said project manager, mobility, and then it was innovation in aerospace. So this was the, that it said, but with the keywords, I found the job description and it was, seemed to me very interesting. So And it was actually for an engineer. So they were looking for an engineer. And I read the job description and I thought it would be really cool to do that. So the uh, responsibility was to take care of all the research institutes and companies that are active here in Berlin and in Brandenburg, which is the area around Berlin, so in the German capital region, and to support them in their projects and in their economical questions and uh, in funding questions and also from content-wise, so what are innovative solutions to push them and also to the networking. So this was the job description. And then I applied for the job and actually I didn't really believe in that I would get it because it, what they asked for an engineer, but then 
uh, it was very went very quickly. So I was invited for the job interview, and uh, so I drove to Berlin, and I had this first job interview, and then I had the second and the third, and yes, and then I got the job, and I ended up being um, project manager innovation aerospace, and that was how I came to the aerospace domain, and that I started working in aerospace, and my first working day back then it was in 2016 was the ELA, the big event here in Berlin. It's a big expo. So this was my first working day. So I was thrown into the subject and yes, and I fell in love immediately with, with working in the aerospace domain. So And then I was responsible actually for all topics. So I was not only uh, responsible for space, I was also responsible for aviation and drones. So this was what I took care of. So all the companies that were active in these sectors, aviation, drones and space, I fell in love with the whole topic, but actually to be honest a little bit more with space than than with aviation and drones and yeah so this was my way how I came to the space sector wow that's really fascinating <laughs> and I completely understand the charm that the space sector had for you given your non-space background yeah. did you face any challenges initially navigating this high technology sector Yes. So I, it would be, it wouldn't be honest to say I didn't face any challenges. Also still now it, I face challenges. So I think the first challenge, so maybe it's not only um, the psychological background. I think you also faced it so far. So as I said, my first working day was the ELA back then. And I realized immediately being at the ELA, there were 95% old men. Either they had gray hairs or they didn't have hair anymore. And it was a lot of men and it was very interesting. So also before when I worked in the driver assistance systems sector, there were a lot of men, but in the aerospace sector, it were even more. So I think it changed a little bit in the last year. So I think the sector became younger and also more diverse. We have also more women now. And so this was one thing that was interesting. I don't know if challenge is the correct word, but sometimes it's, to be honest, sometimes it is a challenge because sometimes they don't really take us serious. And if you then tell that your background is that you are a psychologist, then it's even more that you are not taking seriously. So this might be one challenge, but I have to admit it's not common. So there are a few men who act like this, but it's not usual. So in general, this is okay. And of course, this one thing is that I miss the technical knowledge. So this is one challenge I experience pretty often. So because this, of course, is something when I get questions that are getting more into details, I cannot answer them. But here in uh, at Astrofine, I have a great technical team so and we have a very good close working relationship so we usually have meetings that I have one engineer with me so usually I have the head of our technical department who's with me and he and his team they are amazing and they support me a lot with this so that I do the commercial stuff and they answer the technical questions and that is a very good combination so it is a challenge for me that when we have conference calls or also meetings so this year we don't have so many meetings or last year but so in reality but when it comes to the technical parts it's, it's sometimes a little bit like having conference calls to the Chinese customers so it's a little bit the same when they start talking about these technical issues then I really don't understand anything but we find solutions how to handle it. Good to know that you also have a very supportive team and supportive yes. co-workers. They are great yeah. 
in the space industry in general, uh, most of the times it's engineers in these non-technical roles such as sales, marketing, yes. business development, and so on, right? So in what ways does your psychology background give you an edge, let's say doing sales over your peers or people from other backgrounds? Yeah, so I really think one advantage having my background is the communication also. So it's, I think I'm trained a lot in communication. So maybe I should also give you the background that I don't only have the study in psychology. Before I studied psychology, I did an education in health insurance and there I worked in also in sales. So I got a really good education in communication. And this not only in this education, also during this study in psychology. So this is, I think, a big advantage because I realized, I don't know how it is for you as being an engineer. Engineers are talking sometimes really rude <laughs> with each other. And yeah, it, we make really bad salespeople. I know that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that, that you make bad salespeople because you are very, very good in communication, for instance. And we have our uh, head of the technical department, he's amazing and also communication, but it would be a pity if he would only do sales. So he is also very good in doing the technical part. So I wouldn't say it, it's for all, but I think it's, of course, an advantage for the communication. But I also would say something that is, I think, good. I'm not sure how, it, maybe I should ask our customers how they perceive it. So for me, it's always very important to ask for the needs of the customer and to listen to them and to, to listen to them. So what, what do you need? What do you like? What do you don't like? So what can we do for you? And to find a solution that is fitting for the customer and to act very customer oriented. And also for the networking part, I think it's good to have the background. I think I was also doing a lot of networking before I did my study in psychology, but also, I think it can be an advantage. And I think I'm, or I hope <laughs> I'm very good in understanding or that I try to understand always the other perspective. So also if we have conflicts in communication, so this is something I think that can be of advantage to find solutions and to always to try to find the win-win situation. So do you think the space industry would benefit by having people from diverse backgrounds? Of course. So when I work for Berlin Partner as the project manager innovation, I work also a lot with startups. And what I realized there, that I think it's always good to have a combination between different backgrounds. And this is also what I realize here in the company or in general to work in business. So when you work in science, it's different. Then maybe you don't need that much diversity. But if you want to have a working business, I think diversity and diverse backgrounds are very important. So for instance, it's just my hypothesis. So I'm and I'm not the center of the universe. So I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I'm right. But if someone would ask me how to start a startup, I would always recommend you have to have so a space startup, you have to have at least one person with a business background and at least one engineer. This is very important for a small entity that starts. I think when it's getting bigger, of course, you need even more diversity. So you need, of course, with the business background, I think this is important. Um, you need, of course, space engineering. <laughs> this is the, then the mechanical engineering, ele electronic engineering, software engineers, but also someone with a background in law. I think is important because you need to handle contracts. You have now getting the space law that might be new. Then, of course, HR, marketing is an important thing. And I think 
the companies that are really successful and that are growing and that are very good in the revenues. So I think they are very diverse. Maybe it works for very, very small companies with just four, five to 10 people that they make a good revenue for their size being not so diverse. But I think the bigger you get, the more diversity you need to get a good revenue. That's my hypothesis. Definitely makes a lot of sense. If someone from a non-technical or a non-space background, let's say, wants to get into the space industry, what is your advice to them? The one thing is to give it a try and to give it a try again. And because what I realized talking to people that they sometimes don't apply for job positions, they don't fit exactly to their profile. And as I said, I ended up in the aerospace sector, even if I applied for, so I applied for the job that was asking for an engineer and I just applied and I gave it a try. And I think this was it. So I think even if they don't ask for you in particular, you should go for it and you should believe in. And of course, you really have to want it because if you just do it because space is cool, you really have to want it. This is uh, something that is important, I think. And then you go for it and believe in it. And then I think you you have a chance. Of course, I never could apply for, <laughs> for a technical position. That's quite clear. But there are positions that you can be active in the space sector, even if you you don't have a technical background. So you've been in the aerospace sector, uh, not only space, but also the aviation for yes. about, uh, let's say, more than five years now. Yes. So you must have picked up a lot of aerospace basics. What do you mean with aerospace basics? Subsystems in a satellite, a basics of aerodynamics. Yeah. So do you think any university courses might have helped or accelerated your growth? Do you advise that to someone with a non-space or a non-technical background to take a few courses? Uh, yes, of course. So I did this German Association for Aerospace. So they have courses for different space topics. And I did this general course with Professor Bries and with Professor Kajal. He's from Würzburg. It was a very good course so that provided an insight in the basic knowledge of space and of the space engineering. So this was very good. And I can highly recommend for people that don't have a technical background. If any space enthusiasts or students or young professionals want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? I'm on all networks you can find. So <laughs> I'm on the LinkedIn platform, of course. I'm on Xing. Both are active in women in aerospace. So we both are the leaders of the original group in Berlin, Brandenburg. This is also a way how we can be contacted about the via Berlin email address. I'm also board member of the Berlin Brandenburg Aerospace Association, so the BBAA. And this is also a way how to get in touch with me. People can always ask you. <laughs> so you know also. So a lot of people. <laughs> Certainly. Space is a very small community. It's both. I think it's small, but also big. It's always very impressive how many people work there. That's true. In a paradoxical kind yeah. of way. You've proven, for instance, that someone from psychology can also carve yes. out a career in aerospace. Can you list out a few unexpected Expect. professions? So we have also here in our company, people with having background in education. So this is maybe also unexpected. I think she also didn't, never expected that she would end up in a space company. So this is possible. So this is something unexpected. But I think in general, I think in the big company, you need, as I said before, very diverse backgrounds. So maybe it's not as unexpected as it is in reality. So, so if you start your study in business, Maybe you don't expect that you would end up in space, but you need 
people with business background and you need people with HR background and lawyer and so on. So this is something that might be unexpected when you start your study, but it's not really unexpected for a working company that you need people with this background. So it's a difficult question to answer, I think, from because diversity is important to be uh, successful. I think this is my opinion. Definitely agree with it. Diversity makes all of us collectively make better decisions. Thank you very much, Juliana. That was a very interesting conversation. Never in my life had I thought I will be talking to a psychologist who is in the space industry and totally rocking it. I thank you, Rosanna. Thank you very much. 